If you children are bad, I'll wiggle my ears, stick out my tongue, and turn you into apples. Hello, all you marvelous, magnificent men, women, children, animals, aliens, whomever is listening. This is HPL Radio. My name is Mr. Chance. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the head of Youth Services at Haverhill Public Library. Welcome to the second season of HPL Radio, the show where we take off our face masks and read at a safe distance. This season, we will read Lewis Sacker's Wayside School books, starting with Sideways Stories from Wayside School, a preview of which you heard at the top of the show. Published in 1978, Sideways Stories from Wayside School is a book of short stories, each one about a different student or teacher in a school. During each episode, we will read five or six of these stories at a time. Some of them might remind you of other kids or teachers from your school. We hope they'll bring back fond memories, whether you were in school a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, or at this point you've lost count. After today's reading, think about stories you would tell about your classmates and feel free to share them with each other and with us. Let's get started. Introduction. This book contains 30 stories about the children and teachers at Wayside School. But before we get to them, there is something you ought to know so that you don't get confused. Wayside School was accidentally built sideways. It was supposed to be only one story high with 30 classrooms all in a row. Instead, it is 30 stories high with one classroom on each story. The builder said he was very sorry. The children at Wayside like having a sideways school. They have an extra large playground. The children and teachers described in this book all go to class on the top floor. So there are 30 stories from the 30th story of Wayside School. It has been said that these stories are strange and silly. That is probably true. However, when I told stories about you to the children at Wayside, they also thought you were strange and silly. That is probably also true. Chapter 1. Mrs. Gorf. Mrs. Gorf had a long tongue and pointed ears. She was the meanest teacher in Wayside School. She taught the class on the 30th story. If you children are bad, she warned, or if you answer a problem wrong, I'll wiggle my ears, stick out my tongue, and turn you into apples. Mrs. Gorf didn't like children, but she loved apples. Joe couldn't add. He couldn't even count. But he knew that if he answered a problem wrong, he would be turned into an apple. So he copied from John. He didn't like to cheat, but Mrs. Gorf had never taught him how to add. One day, Mrs. Gorf caught Joe copying John's paper. She wiggled her ears, first her right one, then her left, stuck out her tongue, and turned Joe into an apple. Then she turned John into an apple for letting Joe cheat. Todd said, hey, that isn't fair. 
John was only trying to help a friend. Mrs. Gorf wiggled her ears, first her right one, then her left, stuck out her tongue, and turned Todd into an apple. She asked, does anybody else have an opinion? Nobody said a word. Mrs. Gorf laughed, ha ha ha, and placed the three apples on her desk. Stephen started to cry. He couldn't help it. He was scared. Mrs. Gorf said, I do not allow crying in the classroom. She wiggled her ears, first her right one, then her left, stuck out her tongue, and turned Stephen into an apple. For the rest of the day, the children were absolutely quiet, and when they went home, they were too scared even to talk to their parents. But Joe, John, Todd, and Stephen couldn't go home. Mrs. Gorf just left them on her desk. They were able to talk to each other, but they didn't have much to say. Their parents were worried. They didn't know where their children were. Nobody seemed to know. The next day, Kathy was late for school. As soon as she walked in, Mrs. Gorf turned her into an apple. Paul sneezed <laughs> during class. He was turned into an apple. Nancy said, God bless you, when Paul sneezed. Mrs. Gorf wiggled her ears, first her right one, then her left, stuck out her tongue, and turned Nancy into an apple. Terrence fell out of his chair. He was turned into an apple. Mauricia tried to run away. She was halfway to the door as Mrs. Gorf's right ear began to wiggle. When she reached the door, Mrs. Gorf's left ear wiggled. Mauricia opened the door and had one foot outside when Mrs. Gorf stuck out her tongue. Mauricia became an apple. Mrs. Gorf picked up the apple from the floor and put it on her desk with the others. Then, a funny thing happened. Mrs. Gorf turned around and fell over a piece of chalk. The three Eric's laughed. They were turned into apples. Mrs. Gorf had a dozen apples on her desk. Joe, John, Todd, Stephen, Kathy, Paul, Nancy, Terrence, Mauricia, and the three Eric's. Eric Fry, Eric Bacon, and Eric Ovens. Lewis, the yard teacher, walked into the classroom. He had missed the children at recess. He had heard that Mrs. Gorf was a mean teacher, so he came up to investigate. He saw the 12 apples on Mrs. Gorf's desk. He thought, I must be wrong. She must be a good teacher if so many children bring her apples. He walked back down to the playground. The next day, a dozen more children were turned into apples. Lewis, the yard teacher, came back into the room. He saw 24 apples on Mrs. Gorf's desk. There were only three children left in the class. He thought, she must be the best teacher in the world. By the end of the week, all of the children were apples. Mrs. Gorf was very happy. She said, now I can go home. I don't have to teach anymore. I won't have to walk up 30 flights of stairs ever again. Todd shouted, you're not going anywhere. He jumped off the desk and bopped Mrs. Gorf on the nose. The rest of the apples followed. Mrs. Gorf fell on the floor. The apples jumped all over her. She shouted, stop or I'll turn you into applesauce. But the apples didn't stop and Mrs. Gorf could do nothing about it. Todd demanded, turn us back into children. Mrs. Gorf had no choice. She stuck out her tongue, wiggled her ears. This time her left one first, then her right and turned the apples back into children. Mauricia said, all right, let's go get Lewis. He'll know what to do. 
Mrs. Gorse screamed, No! I'll turn you back into apples! She wiggled her ears, first her right one, then her left, and stuck out her tongue. But Jenny held up a mirror, and Mrs. Gorf turned herself into an apple. The children didn't know what to do. They didn't have a teacher. Even though Mrs. Gorf was mean, they didn't think it was right to leave her as an apple. But none of them knew how to wiggle their ears. Lewis, the yard teacher, walked in. He asked, Where's Mrs. Gorf? Nobody said a word. Said Lewis, Boy, am I hungry. I don't think Mrs. Gorf would mind if I ate this apple. After all, she always has so many. He picked up the apple, which was really Mrs. Gorf, shined it up on his shirt, and ate it. Chapter 2. Mrs. Jules Mrs. Jules had a terribly nice face. She stood at the bottom of Wayside School and looked up. She was supposed to teach the class on the 30th story. The children on the 30th story were scared. They had never told anybody what had happened to Mrs. Gorf. They hadn't had a teacher for three days. They were afraid of what their new teacher would be like. They had heard she'd be a terribly nice teacher. They never had a nice teacher. They were terribly afraid of nice teachers. Mrs. Jules walked up the winding, creaking staircase to the 30th story. She was also afraid. She was afraid of children. She had heard that they would be horribly cute children. She had never taught cute children. She was horribly afraid of cute children. She opened the door to the classroom. She was terribly nice. The children could tell just by looking at her. Mrs. Jules looked at the children. They were horribly cute. In fact, they were much too cute to be children. Mrs. Jules said, I don't believe it. It's a room full of monkeys. The children looked at each other. They didn't see any monkeys. Mrs. Jules said, This is ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I walked all the way up 30 flights of stairs for nothing but a class of monkeys. What do they think I am? I'm a teacher, not a zookeeper. The children looked at her. They didn't know what to say. Todd scratched his head. Mrs. Jules said, Oh, I'm sorry. Please don't get me wrong. I have nothing against monkeys. It's just that I was expecting children. I like monkeys. I really do. Why, I'm sure we can play all kinds of monkey games. Asked Todd, What are you talking about? Mrs. Jules nearly fell off her chair. She said, Well, what do you know, a talking monkey? Tomorrow I'll bring you a banana. Todd said, My name is Todd. The children were flabbergasted. They all raised their hands. Mrs. Jules said, I'm sorry, but I don't have enough bananas for all of you. I didn't expect this. Next week, I'll bring in a whole bushel. Calvin said, I don't want a banana. I'm not a monkey. Mrs. Jules asked, would you like a peanut? I think I might have a bag of peanuts in my purse. Wait a second. Oh, yeah, yes, here it is. Calvin said, thanks. Calvin liked peanuts. Allison stood up. I'm not a monkey, she said. I'm a girl. My name is Allison, and so is everybody else. Mrs. Jules was shocked. She said, do you mean to tell me that every monkey in here is named Allison? Jenny said, no, she means we are all children. My name is Jenny. Mrs. Jules said, no, you're much too cute to be children. Jason raised his hand. Mrs. Jules said, yes, the chimpanzee in the red shirt. My name is Jason. And I'm not a chimpanzee. Mrs. Jules said, you're too small to be a gorilla. Jason said, I'm a boy. Mrs. Jules asked, you're not a monkey? Jason said, no. Mrs. Jules said, and the rest of the class, they're not monkeys either? Allison said, no, that is what we've been trying to tell you. Mrs. Jules asked, are you sure? 
Calvin said, we'd know if we were monkeys, wouldn't we? Mrs. Jules said, I don't know. Do monkeys know that they are monkeys? Allison said, I don't know. I'm not a monkey. Mrs. Jules said, no, I suppose you're not. Okay, in that case, we have a lot of work to do. Reading, writing, subtraction, addition, spelling. Everybody take out a piece of paper. We will have a test now. Jason tapped Todd on the shoulder. He said, do you want to know something? I liked it better when she thought we were monkeys. Todd said, I know. I guess now it means she won't bring me a banana. Mrs. Jules said, there will be no talking in class. She wrote Todd's name on the blackboard under the word discipline. Chapter 3. Joe. Joe had curly hair, but he didn't know how much hair he had. He couldn't count that high. In fact, he couldn't count at all. When all the other children went to recess, Mrs. Jules told Joe to wait inside. She said, Joe, how much hair do you have? Joe shrugged his shoulders. He answered, a, a lot? Mrs. Jules asked, but how much, Joe? Joe answered, uh, enough to cover my head? Mrs. Jules said, Joe, you are going to have to learn how to count. Joe said, but Mrs. Jules, I already know how to count. Let me go to recess. Mrs. Jules said, first count to 10. Joe counted to 10. Six, eight, 12, one, five, two, seven, 11, three, 10. Mrs. Jules said, no, Joe, that is wrong. Joe said, no, it isn't. I counted until I got to 10. Mrs. Jules said, but you were wrong. I'll prove it to you. She put five pencils on his desk and said, how many pencils do we have here, Joe? Joe counted the pencils. Four, six, one, nine, five. There are five pencils, Mrs. Jules. That's wrong, said Mrs. Jules. Joe asked, how many pencils are there? Mrs. Jules said, five. Joe said, that's what I said. May I go to recess now? Mrs. Jules said, no, you got the right answer, but you counted the wrong way. You were just lucky. She said eight potatoes on his desk. How many potatoes, Joe? Joe counted the potatoes. Seven, five, three, one, two, four, six, eight. There are eight potatoes, Mrs. Jules. Mrs. Jules said, no, there are eight. Joe said, but that's what I said. May I go to recess now? Mrs. Jules said, no, you got the right answer, but you counted the wrong way again. She put three books on his desk. Count the books, Joe. Joe counted the books. A thousand, a million, three. Three, Mrs. Jules. Mrs. Jules said, correct. Joe asked, may I go to recess now? Mrs. Jules said, no. Joe asked, may I have a potato? Mrs. Jules said, no, listen to me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now you say it. Joe said, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Mrs. Jules said, very good. She put six erasers on his desk. Now count the erasers, Joe, just the way I showed you. Joe counted the erasers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are ten, Mrs. Jules. Mrs. Jules said, no. Joe asked, didn't I count right? Mrs. Jules said, yes, you counted right, but you got the wrong answer. Joe said, this doesn't make any sense. 
When I count the wrong way, I get the right answer. And when I count right, I get the wrong answer. Mrs. Jules hit her head against the wall five times. She asked, how many times did I hit my head against the wall? Joe said, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You hit your head against the wall ten times. Mrs. Jules said, no. Joe said, four, six, one, nine, five. You hit your head five times. Mrs. Jules shook her head no and said, yes, that is right. The bell rang and all the other children came back from recess. The fresh air had made them very excited and they were laughing and shouting. Joe said, oh darn, now I missed recess. John asked, hey Joe, where were you? You missed a great game of kickball. Todd said, I kicked a home run. Joy said, what was wrong with you, Joe? Joe said, nothing. Mrs. Jules was just trying to teach me how to count. Joy laughed. You mean you don't know how to count? Mauricia said, counting is easy. Mrs. Jules said, now, now, what's easy for you may not be easy for Joe, and what's easy for Joe may not be easy for you. Mauricia said, nothing's easy for Joe. He's stupid. Joe said, I can beat you up. Mauricia said, try it. Mrs. Jules said, that will be enough of that. She wrote Mauricia's name on the blackboard under the word discipline. Joe put his head on his desk between the eight potatoes and the six erasers. Mrs. Jules said, don't feel bad, Joe. Joe said, I just don't get it. I'll never learn how to count. Mrs. Jules said, sure you will, Joe. One day it will just come to you. You'll wake up one morning and suddenly you'll be able to count. Joe asked, if all I have to do is wake up, what am I going to school for? Mrs. Jules said, school just speeds things up. Without school, it might take another 70 years before you wake up and are able to count. Joe said, by that time, I may have no hair left on the top of my head to count. Mrs. Jules said, exactly. That is why you go to school. When Joe woke up the next day, he knew how to count. He had 55,006 hairs on his head. They were all curly. Chapter 4. Sherry. Sherry had long eyelashes. She weighed only 49 pounds. She always wore a big red and blue overcoat with a hood. The overcoat weighed 35 pounds. The red part 15 pounds. The blue part weighed 15 pounds. And the hood weighed 5 pounds. Her eyelashes weighed a pound and a half. She sat next to the window in Mrs. Jules' class. She spent a long time staring out the window. Mrs. Jules didn't mind. Mrs. Jules said that a lot of people learn best when they stare out a window. Sherry often fell asleep in class. Mrs. Jules didn't mind that either. She said that a lot of people do their best learning when they are asleep. Sherry spent all of her time either looking out the window or sleeping. Mrs. Jules thought she was the best student in the class. One afternoon, it was very hot. All of the windows were open, yet Sherry still wore her red and blue overcoat. The heat made her very tired. Mrs. Jules was teaching arithmetic. Sherry pulled the hood up over her face, buried herself in her coat, and went to sleep. Kathy said, Miss Jules, Sherry's asleep. Mrs. Jules said, that's good. She must be learning something. Mrs. Jules continued with the lesson. Sherry began to snore. Kathy said, Miss Jules, Sherry is snoring. Miss Jules said, yes, I can hear her. She must be learning an awful lot today. I wish the rest of you could be like her. Sherry began to toss and turn. She flopped over on top of her desk and then rolled over on top of Kathy's desk. Then she rolled back the other way. Kathy screamed. Sherry rolled out the window. She was still sound asleep. As you know, Mrs. Jules' class was on the 30th story of Wayside School, so Sherry had a long way to go. 
After she had fallen 10 stories, Sherry woke up. She looked around. She was confused. She wasn't in Mrs. Jewell's class, and she wasn't at home in bed. She couldn't figure out where she was. She yawned, pulled the hood back over her eyes, and went back to sleep. By that time, she had fallen another 10 stories. Wayside School had an exceptionally large playground. Lewis, the yard teacher, was way over on the other side of it when he happened to see Sherry fall out of the window. He ducked under the volleyball net, hurtled past the kickball field, hopped over the hopscotch court, climbed through the monkey bars, sped across the grass, and caught Sherry just before she hit the ground. The people in Mrs. Jewell's class cheered. Sherry woke up in Lewis's arms. She said, Oh, darn it, Lewis. What did you go wake me up for? Lewis said, I'm sorry, Sherry. Sherry repeated, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is that all you can say? I was having a wonderful dream until you woke me up. You're always bothering me, Lewis. I can't stand it. She laughed and hugged him around the neck. Lewis carried her back up 30 flights of stairs to Mrs. Jewell's room. That evening, Sherry went to bed, but she was unable to fall asleep. She just wasn't tired. Chapter 5. Todd All of the children in Mrs. Jewell's class, except Todd, were carrying and talking on. Todd was thinking. Todd always thought before he spoke. When he got an idea, his eyes lit up. Todd finished thinking and began to speak. But before he said two words, Mrs. Jules called on him. She said, Todd, you know better than to talk in class. You must learn to work quietly, like the other children. She wrote his name on the blackboard under the word discipline. Todd looked around in amazement. All of the other children who had been talking and screaming and fighting only seconds earlier were quietly working in their workbooks. Todd scratched his head. The child was given three chances in Mrs. Jules' class. The first time he did something wrong, Mrs. Jules wrote his name on the blackboard under the word discipline. The second time he did something wrong, she put a check next to his name. And the third time he did something wrong, she circled his name. Todd reached into his desk and pulled out his workbook. He had only just started on it when he felt someone tap him on the shoulder. It was Joy. What page are you on? Asked Joy. Todd whispered, page four. Joy said, I'm on page 11. Todd didn't say anything. He didn't want to get into trouble. He just went back to work. Five minutes later, Joy tapped him again. Todd ignored her, so Joy poked him in the back with her pencil. Todd pretended he didn't notice. Joy got up from her seat and sharpened her pencil. She came back and poked it in Todd's back. She asked, what page are you on? Todd answered, page five. Joy said, boy, are you dumb. I'm on page 29. Todd whispered, it isn't a race. Five minutes later, Joy pulled Todd's hair and didn't let go until he turned around. She demanded, what page are you on? Todd answered as quietly as he could, page six. Joy shouted, I'm on page 200. Todd was very angry. He said, will you please let me do my work and stop bothering me? Mrs. Jules heard him. Todd, what did I say about talking in class? Todd scratched his head. Mrs. Jules put a check next to Todd's name on the blackboard under the word discipline. Todd really tried to be good. He knew that if he talked one more time, Mrs. Jules would circle his name. Then he'd have to go home early at 12 o'clock on the kindergarten bus, just as he had the day before and the day before that. In fact, there hadn't been a day since Mrs. Jules took over the class that she didn't send Todd home early. She said she did it for his own good. The other children went home at 2 o'clock. Todd wasn't really bad. He just always got caught. He really wanted to stay past 12 o'clock. He wanted to find out what the class did from 12 to 2. 
but it didn't look as though this was going to be his day. It was only 10.30, and he already had two strikes against him. He sealed his lips and went back to work. There was a knock on the door. Mrs. Jules opened it. Two men stepped in wearing masks and holding guns. They demanded, give us all your money. Mrs. Jules said, all I have is a nickel. Mauricia said, I have a dime. Leslie said, I have 13 cents. Damien said, I have four cents. One of the robbers asked, what kind of bank is this? Todd said, it's not a bank. It's a school. Can't you read? The robber said, no. Todd said, well, neither can I. The robber said, do you mean we walked all the way up 30 flights of stairs for nothing? Don't you have anything valuable? Todd's eyes lit up. He said, we sure do. We have knowledge. He grabbed Joy's workbook and gave it to the robbers and said, knowledge is much more valuable than money. One of the robbers said, thanks, kid. The other said, maybe I'll give up being a criminal and become a scientist. They left the room without hurting anybody. Joy complained, now I don't have a workbook. Mrs. Jules gave her a new one. Joy had to start all the way back at the beginning. Todd asked, hey, Joy, what page are you on? Joy sighed, page one. Todd laughed triumphantly. I am on page eight. Mrs. Jules heard him. She circled his name. Todd had three strikes against him. At 12 o'clock, he left the room to go home early on the kindergarten bus. But this time, when he left, he was like a star baseball player leaving the field. All the children stood up, clapped their hands, and whistled. Woo! Todd scratched his head. Chapter 6, B.B. B.B. was a girl with short brown hair, a little B.B. nose, totally tiny toes, and big brown eyes. Her full name was B.B. Gunn. She was the fastest draw in Mrs. Jewell's class. She could draw a cat in less than 45 seconds, a dog in less than 30, and a flower in less than 8 seconds. But of course, B.B. never drew just one dog, or one cat, or one flower. Art was from 12.30 to 1.30. Why, in that time, she could draw 50 cats, 100 flowers, 20 dogs, and several eggs or watermelons. It took her the same amount of time to draw a watermelon as an egg. Calvin sat next to B.B. He didn't think he was very good at art. Why, it took him the whole period just to draw one airplane. So instead, he just helped B.B. He was B.B.'s assistant. As soon as B.B. would finish one masterpiece, Calvin would take it from her and set down a clean sheet of paper. Whenever her crayon ran low, Calvin was ready with a new crayon. And that way, B.B. didn't have to waste any time. And in return, B.B. would draw five or six airplanes for Calvin. It was 12.30, time for art. B.B. was ready. On her desk was a sheet of yellow construction paper. In her hand was a green crayon. Calvin was ready. He held a stack of paper and a box of crayons. Calvin said, ready, BB? BB said, ready, Calvin. Mrs. Jewell said, okay, time for art. She had hardly finished her sentence when BB had already drawn a picture of a leaf. Calvin took it from her and put down another piece of paper. BB called red. Calvin handed BB a red crayon. BB called blue. He gave her a blue crayon. They were quite a pair. Their teamwork was remarkable. BB drew pictures as fast as Calvin could pick up the old paper and set down the new. A fish, an apple, three cherries. Bing, bing, bing. At 1.30, Mrs. Jules announced, Okay, class, art is over. BB dropped her crayon and fell onto her desk. Oh, Calvin sighed and leaned back in his chair. He could hardly move. They had broken their old record. BB had drawn 378 pictures. They lay in a pile on Calvin's desk. Mrs. Jules walked by. Calvin, did you draw all these pictures? Calvin laughed. No, I can't draw. BB drew them all. 
Mrs. Jules asked. Well, then, what did you draw? Calvin said, I didn't draw anything. Mrs. Jules asked, why not? Don't you like art? Calvin said, I love art. That's why I didn't draw anything. Mrs. Jules did not understand. Calvin said, it would have taken me the whole period just to draw one picture. And B.B. would only have been able to draw 100 pictures. But with the two of us working together, she was able to draw 378 pictures. That's a lot more art. B.B. and Calvin shook hands. Mrs. Jules said, no, that isn't how you measure art. It isn't how many pictures you have, but how good the pictures are. Why, a person could spend his whole life just drawing one picture of a cat. In that time, I'm sure B.B. could draw a million cats. B.B. said two million. Mrs. Jules continued, but if that one picture is better than each of B.B.'s two million, then that person has produced more art than B.B. B.B. looked as if she was going to cry. She picked up all the pictures from Calvin's desk and threw them in the garbage. Then she ran from the room. Calvin said, I thought her pictures were good. He reached into the garbage pail and took out a crumpled up picture of an airplane. B.B. walked outside into the playground. Lewis, the yard teacher, spotted her. He asked, where are you going? B.B. said, I'm going home to draw a picture of a cat. Lewis asked, will you bring it to school and show me tomorrow? B.B. laughed, tomorrow? By tomorrow, I doubt I'll even be finished with one whisker. Well, that does it for today's episode of HPL Radio. Who's your favorite student so far? I do really enjoy B.B. and her fast artwork, although I'd be really curious to see what the difference was between her picture that takes five seconds and the picture that takes a long time. How long will it take her to finish that cat? Who knows if we'll find out. But next time we'll read about Calvin, who has to deliver a note to the 19th story of the school, Myron, who's running for class president, and Mauricia, who loves ice cream. And so do I. Tune in Friday, May 22nd, to hear about these and the other students of Wayside School. Again, my name is Mr. Chance, signing off. Wherever you are, be well, stay indoors, wash your hands, and support your local library. Thank you.